Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is rock. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Like Wong, Adele, Aristotle, Drake, Bono, Eminem. From in Star Trek, we trust. It's Kevin! Yeah! Hey, Kevin! (laughs) How's it going, man? (laughs) <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for uh, carving out some time. I know you guys are probably busy over there. What? Uh, what's the uh, so in Star Trek we trust? What's mm-hmm. your just just in a nutshell? Like, give us the 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 elevator pitch, if you will. I mean, I would say you know it's just two friends talking about Trek. Um, there's no like specific angle to it. I would say, um, it's definitely a podcast that has evolved over time. Um, we, uh, last week just actually released our 100th episode, which I cannot believe. Congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know, we've been doing it for the last four years and it all began with, um, when discovery came on, the show was actually originally called in discovery, we trust, Mm. and we stayed solely focused on that show. And then we kind of brought in other aspects of the franchise as it applied to discovery. Cause back then that's when that show was a prequel. Um, and as the, you know, the current slate of shows began to grow, we began to realize that, okay, we need to kind of expand this and, turned it into a little bit more of a um, general interest Trek podcast. So not only, you know, we're able to talk about the new shows that have been coming out, but also it meant that we can bring in, you know, the older stuff um, as necessary. So, yeah. um, but, you know, Ethan and I have been friends for a long time and we, we talk about Trek all the time and he just had the idea, like, let's just record it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's of, fine. You know, you look at, yeah. you look at some of the pod, you know, the legendary podcasts uh, that are out there and, it all, a lot of them kind of started that way, you know, a, yeah. a lot of Kevin Smith stuff and Mark yeah. Marin, you know, it's just sitting down with somebody with, you know, and let's just talk. Yeah. That's so right. great. That's so great. And, uh, and congratulations again on hundred episodes. That's oh, thank you. That's no small feat. This is, <laughs> we're uh 30, uh, 33, 30, 32 episodes in and, yeah. uh, ooh, I am feeling every single one of them. It's, I mean, yeah. It's exhausting. It doesn't, it doesn't help that we're starting with enterprise. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, you know, when you do it for so long, I mean, it is, you know, you think to yourself like, all right, we're just going to do it like an hour and a half a week maybe, but it does get exhausting. You know, yeah. it does get exhausting. And I mean, when I think it was last summer when they it's when the first season of lower decks came. And then after that, they were saying the third season of discovery began, they were promoting it as like, you know, 26 straight weeks of Trek or whatever the hell it was. Yes. And yes. I, I was like, that. I was like, oh my God, 26 weeks, like 26 podcasts in a row. Like, oh my, come on, like, can we take a break? Like, what the, what the hell, man? Not that I don't want to do it, but it's like, you know, 
we I have other things I have to do in my yeah. life, as we all do, right? So oh sure, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm yeah, I've, you know, I've mentioned many times, like my wife is so supportive and so loving that she mm-hmm. allows me to carve out a lot of time to not only right. record but to edit and promote and yes. blah blah blah. Yep. Uh, so let's um let's turn the clock back a little bit. What um what what was the first instance of your like hey Star Trek? Was it was it you or was it was it your recording partner? I, tell me his name again. I'm sorry. Ethan. Ethan, Ethan thank you. Yeah, um, was it you or was it Ethan? So what was my like first yeah, contact? What was, yeah, what was your first thing that um, was like, oh man, I'm I'm in. I'm in on this Star Trek thing. To be honest with you, I don't know because um I it goes back to when I was like very little. Mm. And um I want to say like the age of three. I really have no idea because I like I have no specific memory of like the first time I saw it. I can recall like the early times that I did see it. Yeah. And, um, you know, without revealing my age, um, this is like early. I was about to ask. (laughs) No, no, no. This is like early in Next Generation's run, I think. And uh, so at this time, I think there's maybe like five movies at the most. Mm. And I was really only and the original series was like in reruns everywhere. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's that's where I was watching it. You know, again, there was like five movies, maybe four. I can't recall the exact number. Mm-hmm. And Nickelodeon began airing the animated series. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I only stayed with the original series, mm-hmm. weirdly enough. And you would think that somebody would be more, you know, particularly around that age, would maybe be more attracted to the new stuff. But I had, I'm like, I had no interest in the next generation, like at all. It's almost like, cause I know that. There wow. were the haters back then who didn't want to watch that because it's like, what is this? This is not Kirk and Spock. Who are these people? Right, right. And right. at the age of like, like four, that's how I'm feeling the same way. Like, I don't want to watch that. Who are they? <laughs> so, and you know, there was enough original series content there. Like I said, there's three movies. There's an animated series that are three seasons. There's an animated series. There's a couple of movies. So like there was surely enough to just kind of um, get into it. So um, that's kind of where it began but wow. like nobody nobody introduced it to me nobody like handed it off to me like i'm not nobody in my family watches it, it that was, was my very, next very question strange. was like yeah, what, yeah. so family supportive of star trek or sci-fi fans at all or uh family put up with it <laughs> put it that way <laughs> that sounds familiar <laughs> yeah 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 but like nobody in my family watch it really watched it mm. um none nobody at all so uh it was just one of those things that you know your kids interested in and yeah that's that's that so so i uh, so i take it uh kirk is kirk is your captain yeah all right cool yeah, is, is is always. kirk your favorite character do you have a favorite character kirk is not my favorite character ah, okay um, so uh my favorite character actually changed recently um Ooh. i would say maybe it was kirk for a while okay um but uh i gotta go with um anson mount as captain pike Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As opposed, so uh, what? What made you say Pike's Pike's my guy? I think it's because um, and that specific version of Pike. That specific version of Pike. Well, I mean, Bruce Greenwood's Pike. He's fine. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Hunter's Pike. It's one episode, and in my opinion, he's not very likable in that episode because he's just miserable throughout the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> but Anson Mount comes on as Pike, and when. I have friends who enjoy Trek. They love Next Generation. They don't watch all the shows. And mm. I'm trying to get them to watch Discovery because I'm like, this Captain Pike is fantastic. Yeah. And they were like, well, 
what's he like? Because, you know, you always have to say, like, wh- what kind of a captain is he? And the way I was describing him was I was like, he's kind of like a weird mix of Kirk and mm. Picard. He's got, like, the Kirk kind of, like, swagger, but he's got the Picard, like, ethics and morals and everything. And, yeah. I feel like, because I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I've been trying to figure out, you know, as I populate my fantasy football (laughs) bridge with like all the characters that I would have from every show. I've been looking at discovery and, you know, coming up strange new worlds um, and trying to figure out like, who's, you know, who's, who's going to make the cut. And I keep coming back to Pike and I can't figure it out, but you know what, now that you mention it, I feel like he is a little bit of a combination of both Kirk and Picard. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's got a good heavy dose of Cisco in that, he, right. comes, he comes across as very fatherly, um, yes. but, but without yeah. but without the like he's not married and he doesn't have kids. So he right. doesn't he doesn't have that like Ben Cisco did, mm-hmm. um, you know, which, you know, gave which gave some wonderful layers to his character. Right. But I feel like Pike is Pike's got this. It's a swagger for sure, but it's yeah, there's some deepness there that I don't think has been quite explored yet and i think the strange think, new worlds i think i'm really hoping we get into that a it lot was more the, there i think for me it was the second episode of that season of season mm. two it was called new eden mm. and it was he had a scene with somebody at the very in the very last toward the very end of the episode pike did mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um it was at that moment where i just thought to myself like you know i was just beginning to think like i could maybe maybe i'm crazy but I could maybe see him leading a show like yeah. I could just see him just he, being right. And then I think it was yeah. like it was about further into the season. I don't know. You've, I'm assuming you've seen the show, all of it, right? Oh, yeah. Stuff, right? yeah. Yeah. So it was that moment where he where he got a glimpse of his future and saw himself yes. uh, in the wheelchair or as Ethan yeah. likes to call it a box with a light. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, here was a guy who saw his future, saw what was going to happen. And yet he just pressed on and just did what needed to be done. And yeah. he wasn't about to change anything, you know, because he knew that what he had to do in that decision. I forget the, I forget the full context of the situation, but yeah. whatever he had to do, his what he saw that future was going to be the result of that decision. Mm-hmm. And that didn't change anything. True, and, cur- true courage, man. Like, Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, totally. And oh. I just, I think it was then where I was like, you know, I think this guy needs his own show. And so of course, when the season ended and discovery jumps to the future, right. I was upset because I'm like, well, we're never going to see them again. And then, you know, you begun to see people like, you know, wanting, I mean, I signed that petition to get him nice his own show, you know, and not thinking anything. Cause I mean, they make, but people make petitions about everything, everything. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. And so of course, when they finally announced the show, I'm like, you know, jumping up and down. I'm so happy because not only do I think he, he could be a great leading man, but it's also there's a whole time of enterprise history. We, we don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to see what that show is going to is going to do. So yeah, that was the long uh, answer. But yes. No, no, no. That's yeah. that's great. I feel like because I recently covered uh, I recently covered the episode, The Cage, hmm. um, the pilot of the original series for anybody who doesn't know um, on. Uh, red shirts podcast out of england 
And we mm-hmm. talked about that. And it's it's obvious that, yeah, this was clearly I mean, we get dropped into the middle of his mission because right. from from what we know, he served as captain for a few more years. And yep. at the time of the cage, he had already been serving for uh, right. I don't remember how long, but like, yeah, there's a lot of unexplored stuff there. And uh, yeah. I think, you know, Rebecca Romain just knocks it out of the park as number right. one. And right. uh, the kid they've got playing Spock is great. And, you know, now right. that they've released uh, the rest of the cast, I'm really excited. It's- I was very surprised, like, by what I saw in that casting announcement. Like, when they said, you know, the horror is going to be there and Nurse yeah. Chapel was, and Dr. Mbang. I'm like, what? Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. I, it's, I, I wouldn't say that it was something I was expecting, but okay. Yeah, I'm in. I, it's, you know. It's it's Star Trek. I'm in. <laughs> I think people sometimes don't realize because we see the original series characters so much that mm-hmm. we feel like we know everything about them. And yet oh, yeah. we don't know what brought Uhura to the Enterprise, right? We don't know what brought that original crew together in this in right. this timeline anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. And I had said for a long time, like pre you know, before this you know, before the Strange New Worlds announced I think no, it was after the the initial announcement. I was like, you know, because I'm saying, you know, I feel like the logical place that that series is going to end is probably handing it off to Kirk, right? Um, but I'm like, like it, yeah. I'm like, who's to say that like Scotty and the others don't come aboard the ship prior, but they're in lower ranking yeah. positions? And, yeah. Right. So it makes I mean, sense. Yeah. Uh, so bring yeah, it on, I, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm in 100. percent I, uh, I was actually just talking to somebody recently about the dynamic between. Kirk and Picard as it plays out in yep. generations, um, you know, with, and again, spoilers for, you know, movie that's 30 years old, but um, right. you know, watching that is so bittersweet because we get to see captain Kirk in action one more time, right. right? but we also get to see him pass away and we quite literally handing that torch. I'll, I'll long after right. next gen right. was <laughs> well underway. But yeah, really kind of symbolically like, all right, it's you, man. <laughs> it's well, you and also for the rest <laughs> to see the two captains, because I mean, I think that was probably something that everybody was yeah. wanting to see because it was always there was always right. The Kirk versus Picard. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, rivalry. But to actually see them on screen together, I'll be yeah. cooking eggs. But hey, um, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And to see that. And to see that final moment, to see that final moment of, because I, I mean, you can speak to this absolutely, you know, having, you know, been raised on TOS, we don't see Kirk scared much at all, if ever, nope. No. until, until that moment when, right. where, where he is at death's door and it's, and it's, yeah. and still, it's just a, oh my, and it, it's, a, yep. oh man, I get chills yep. and he's, he's, he's still more, did we, did we win? You know, he's, do we, do we get him? Like right. that's, you know, oh man. Yeah. Okay, now, you, now I can die. You know, I'm happy die. that we actually, uh, that we actually succeeded. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So uh, being the Trek fan, the life sounds like lifelong Trek fan that you are. What did you think of the Scott Bakula series enterprise? Um. So. And you can be as honest as you want. Okay. <laughs> Here, yeah. Um, I, I have I have ups and downs. I liked it. So I liked the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea that we were sold on back then, which was showing the birth of the Federation. And, you know, this is the first crew to really go out. That It sounded like a very exciting concept. Yeah. Um, I, 
I'm I do enjoy the the fourth season very much because at that point that's where the show feels like a real yeah prequel right yeah um I but I I mean I let's put it this way I can watch the show it's it's totally fine is it my favorite no um because I feel like at that time I can I can place myself in the time when that show came on Mm. and I know it seems like in the years since it's gone off the air people revere it as like it's a fantastic show but I'm like do you people forget that you all hated it when it first came on (laughs) you know I mean because I I remember very clearly I even I don't know if you post I post on the Trek BBS and I have since that show was on the air okay and I was able to dig up forum posts from that time to show and all you needed to do was replace Rick Berman with Alex Kurtzman and it was the same complaint (laughs) right so um (laughs) I like what the show tried to do I just think that early on it felt it was beginning to because you know you're coming off of deep space you're coming off the three series before it right so it still feels like it's sort of cut from the same cloth Mm, right very much yeah um but I liked the things that I mean I liked the idea of showing the first contact with the Klingons I liked the idea like all of the you know we're gonna I know that we're talking about a specific episode today but I began watching the ones after that you know like um future tense when they first meet the Tholians when they meet the Andor like they, they were definitely doing things that we had not seen since the original series which I appreciated oh yeah but I but I still felt like the show played it safe too much um yeah and yeah yeah things they should have taken a little more liberty with they didn't yeah and then they explored things or did things that were yeah not necessary not called for I just feel right. like and I, I, we've we've mentioned this on, on the show before so I won't I won't dig into it too much but it does feel like after the high bar was set by next gen yep and then that era continued with DS9 and Voyager yep. at the end of Voyager CBS Paramount whoever it was was like yep. hey we want to keep milking this cash cow right Star Trek whatever it is go right and yep. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of editorial input, which you know as an editor, right. yeah. editing is very important. Like feedback is very important. Totally. And <laughs> I mean, in my understanding was that you know I, I I when I watch Blu-rays, right, I love watching bonus features, right. In my understanding, you know, from watching the ones on Enterprise, was that there was there were things they wanted to do to make it a true prequel, but you know, you have the you have Paramount coming in saying like, no, 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 we want more of the. You know, I don't even think they wanted it to be a prequel at first, but I think one of their original ideas was actually to make the first season totally land-based to show the Enterprise being built. And I'm like, that's a good idea. That's very cool to me. Like, how do you, you know, and sort of like the political wranglings of like getting this ship, you know, built and everything. And that all sounds, and that sounds very prequely to me. I guess the, the, the whole temporal Cold War thing was a way of satisfying the studio who wanted them to go like far beyond you know the 24th century and go further into the future so um you can sort of it's almost like the 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 issues from between the show staff and the studio is really man you can see it almost manifesting in the show itself early on i think yeah yeah Yeah, i think so and and um i mean we can get into this a little more after uh afterwards but like yeah i just feel like they they, because i mean and i've i've shared this before on the show that i thought it would have been kind of cool because it doesn't really make sense for Archer, who's right. a step above a pilot, to be the diplomatic representative for Earth. Like, that's right. not a great idea, no matter how you right. slice it. But I think right. to have the first season uh, with him, with them on the ground, yep. and maybe the second season, actually, Admiral Forrest is the captain, and then they get right. into something, Forrest is killed, Archer's got to step up. 
And, right. you know, that's when we introduce Travis Mayweather and, you know, right. all the rest of the everything. I mean, but they know. get into plenty of stuff, I think, in the first season. And I think yeah. maybe a little bit in the second one where they make space seem scary. Oh, yes. You don't very know. Much. You don't know. Like, I mean, I know Shuttlepod one is a well-loved episode. And I, I think because and that's kind of one of the things I wanted to mention about this one and that this episode we're going to be discussing because I feel like where, sh- where that show and other Trek shows work at their best is when you can only do something that you can only do a plot that you could only do on that show, right? Like, I feel like you could maybe do Shuttlepod 1 on one of the other shows, but it just wouldn't be... Because we know in Enterprise's time, there are no other Federation vessels out there. Nope. <laughs> they right? are flying solo. <laughs> right. So... And I think that's where I, in my opinion, that's where Enterprise succeeds the most is when they do plots very specific to that show. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, they have Silent Enemy, I thought was a good one, where they meet those aliens. They don't know who they are. They keep coming and blasting them and then taking off. And it gets more, yeah. the encounters get more violent every time. Oh, yeah. And I'm like saying to myself, like, you know, this is cool because this may be what would happen if we went out there. They don't know what's out there. And oh, yeah. space seems scary. Right. Well, right? you know, in looking yeah. at in looking at a, a few of the episodes, uh, other than the ones you just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, fighter uh, fight or flight. Yes. Watches like a, it watches like a horror movie. It really yes. does. And for for mm-hmm. especially to see because that's very it's a very Hoshi centric episode. Right. To see her kind of, you know, she's having to lead the way because she's the translator. So she mm-hmm. she's having to read all the stuff. So she has to be there to go through all the stuff. Right. And for her to come into that room where they're all dead bodies hanging from the ceiling, like I mean, yeah, oh my I god, mean, <laughs> you, you would totally freak out if you yes. if you saw that. I mean, and it's it's just sort of like the things that they do on the other shows. They're used to it. They just do it and they don't think twice about it, right? Uh, but to see all of that for the first time yeah. on Enterprise, I think is a very to me it's it's one of the things about the show that i really like and um i just wish they had done more of that because Mm -hmm. you know i don't think i don't think they did enough of that so yeah i think i think you're right and i think they played with um you know they played with a couple of different show structures in a couple of times trying to play up the comedian the 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 comedy aspect of this one particular action or the romantic side of this particular thing and with mixed results um right. and i i feel i'm being kind by saying mixed results well and i and i know that people love the third season mm. i don't the zindi okay. th- i do not like it at all because that's to me when the show f- stops feeling like a prequel because uh, okay. i get it like you're you're addressing a threat to earth yeah okay we know where it's not going to get destroyed because clearly it exists in the other shows right right but um I think my problem with it is that they had spent so much time in the seasons, the two seasons prior, give, letting us know that, you know, the Enterprise is out there by itself, you know, it can easily be overcome by other aliens. And now this flimsy little vessel yeah. is now going to save Earth. Whew. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's fiction. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Right. But the show already sold me on it being the first Earth vessel that can barely survive you know, like we saw in the second episode or then even what we saw in Silent Enemy. Yeah. And now, you know, it's overcome by the Sulaban at every turn. And now, okay, now it's going to save the planet. Yeah. They okay. might as well just leave the doors right. open. Right. Just, just come on in, whatever you right. want. <laughs> so, and I just, I just felt like, and I, and I get why they did it. I mean, the, the ratings were sagging. They had to do something to shore up the show. So I understand. Yeah. 
But that's where I just always said to myself, like, you're getting into Romulan, into close to the Romulan war. Like, why can't you do, at least in canon, it would make sense. Start, yeah. start doing the Romulan, start doing the Romulan war stuff, right? I, who are these Zindi? I don't know who they are. I've never heard of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it just, I, it's something I felt like could have been done easily on the other shows. And oh, very much. So it just, it didn't feel very specific to, to that show. And I, I just, I was not a fan of that, of that, of that plot, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, with your fandom starting the TOS and mm-hmm. considering uh, the number of aliens that started on TOS and end up yep. in this uh, particular episode, without further ado, let's get into this week's recap after a word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody, it's your old pal, Mr. Todd A. Davis from Cinema Shock and Computer Resume Podcast here to tell you about 85 South Tattoo. Are you looking for body art or piercing in a clean, professional, and fun environment at a price that won't break your bank? Well, look no further than Jay and his crew at 85 South Tattoo. With over 15 years of professional experience, 85 South Tattoo offers 25% off to first responders and good students, 50% off on your birthday, and free cover-ups. Yes, I said free cover-ups on all gang signs and hate-related tattoos. That's awesome. Jay actually did one of my favorite tattoos from a comic book I picked out, and man, he nailed it. It's like the publisher printed it right on my arm. I'll have to post a picture of that on my socials. Anyway, 85 South Tattoo is for you. For more information, give them a call at 970-284-2036. That's 970-284-2036. Check them out on Facebook or at 85SouthTattoo.com. 85 South Tattoo. Book your consultation today. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. UPN next Wednesday on an all-new Enterprise. Two nations. Both sides are responsible for what happens here. Willing to sacrifice everything for what they believe. The Vulcans must concede to Andorian. Unacceptable. What will be the ultimate cost for peace? Hold your fire! A timely new Enterprise event, Ceasefire, next Wednesday at 8, 7 Central, only on UPN. The Smurf and the Vulcans are locked in battle over a planet situated on the frontier between their two systems. The Smurf call it Waitan and the Vulcans Pan Mokar, and it's claimed by both sides. Smurf Commander Shran, however, has broken the treaty and reoccupied a settlement, with the Vulcans calling for a ceasefire. Ah, ah, he said it! He said it! Shran wants Archer's help with negotiations. Vulcan Ambassador Saval is reluctant to bring Archer in as a mediator, but three Vulcans have been taken hostage, and Shran only trusts Archer, particularly since the events of the Andorian incident. Archer and T'Pol head down to the planet to meet with Shran. His lieutenant, Tara, is especially wary of T'Pol. I don't like her. But Archer manages to convince Shran to release one of the hostages as a sign of good faith. Saval then agrees to negotiations, but remains skeptical. Meanwhile, Shran has a tense moment with Tara. I looked this woman in the eye, I said... Bitch. who objects to his attempts to negotiate with the Vulcans. She would rather fight to reclaim the planet for the Smurf. As the space bus nears the planet, it's fired on and forced to crash land. Saval suggests the Smurf are trying to sabotage the peace talks, but Archer doesn't believe Shran would resort to such tactics. Shran is furious that Archer's space bus was downed, but Terra claims it was the Vulcans trying to frame the Smurf. I said, I said, I said, bitch. 
Meanwhile, on Enterprise, Trip tries to keep the Vulcans and Smurfs from firing on each other by maneuvering between the two groups. Down on the surface, Archer and T'Pol and Saval are attempting to make their way to Shran's location when Saval gets shot. Archer discovers that renegade Smurf are behind the attack and captures Terra. And I says, I said, I says, she initially denies involvement, but eventually confesses and angrily informs Shran that there are others who feel the same way. With the situation under control and with Archer's help, the two sides agreed to a ceasefire and continued peace talks. Oh, that's why they call it that. So this is interesting that uh, the Andorians who first appeared in TOS and we didn't see much of them until once again here on Enterprise have really taken a stance of very, I mean, they've always been kind of the more aggressive race uh almost on par with the klingons but here this is kind of interesting because we're seeing them in this political real estate battle basically with the vulcans it's all since the andorian incident it's been kind of like okay we're aggressive and we're shady but we just caught you guys <laughs> so right. they now more than ever feel like they are butting heads at every turn right like what's uh thoughts on the andorians so I was really happy to see them back when we saw in the Andorian incident, because to your point, we had not seen them since the original series. I think, and I think I recall even the UPN promo at the time made note of that when they were advertising the episode. Yep. They did. Um, and I definitely, I, I mean, I love what they did with them because I've always had this theory that, mm. I mean, let's be honest. They, they do look a little ridiculous with the end. They look like classic science fiction aliens of like the fifties, right. With the antenna and everything. Right. Right. And they fit the profile of like, you know, even in the 1960s. So I was always convinced that they made them very aggressive in this to sort of get beyond that. Like, Oh, you know, they may look insane. They may look ridiculous, (laughs) but these guys are are pretty legit and what, and what they do and pretty aggressive. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked, I liked that they, you know, particularly in the Andorian incident, I liked that they portrayed them that way, but then they, we find out that, you know, because they're they're meant to be the bad guys, right? In that episode, mm-hmm. but then you find out that they're actually they were actually right in what they did and why they because the it turns out the Vulcans were spying on them. Yep. And you're like, oh, okay, so maybe these guys aren't so bad. So maybe they are doing the right thing. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think that this may be controversial. I think this is Jeffrey Combs' best character. Oh, yes, yeah. the great Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, he's been. So great as Shran. I mean, here we are. This is uh, season two, episode 15. Yep. Uh, so we're roughly, you know, we're, we're approaching the halfway mark of Enterprise and consistently knocking it out of the park. I mean, it's Jeffrey Combs, but like, right. especially as Shran. Yep. Um, and, you know, with the, re- arguably they do look ridiculous. Yes. Um, yeah. But I think the, the prosthetics and makeup technique has reached a point here. And of course they have the budget. Right. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Where this is probably the best Andorians have ever looked. I think, especially because yeah. yep. now they've got a little bit of animatronics in the antenna. Yep. So they do move. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, with that specific makeup, that's yep. not just, you know, caked on blue paint. It's, of course. They, they and I was surprised fantastic. to see that. And I was surprised to see that Discovery had not deviated much from it. Yeah. 
yeah you know they I stayed mean, pretty consistent with that yeah yeah because with the uh, you know i guess specifically when enterprise ends it's roughly a hundred years till battle of the binary stars yeah about that yeah um yeah, yeah give or give or take a few decades <laughs> yeah but uh right. But yeah, they, they they do really well with this. I'm a big fan of political thrillers. Um, mm -hmm. So when they did uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, I don't know if you're a fan of the Marvel movies, uh, yep. like most of the like most of the world. Um, well, that is my favorite of all of them. So yes. thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes and yes. and I think and part of the thing that I say about that film is it doesn't watch like a superhero movie. It actually right. watches more like a political thriller. Right. And I think seeing this, seeing a very boots on the ground approach to mm -hmm. these diplomatic relations where like they're dodging, they're dodging phaser fire and like trying to get to the place to do the thing. And then they find out, yeah. you know, one of the people that's kind of on their side is actually betraying them and trying to, you know, start right. some stuff of their own. This is a lot of fun. I really dig this episode. And uh, Tara, the character of Tara is one you just love to hate i just yes oh god we things were going so well <laughs> we got the federation's help for as much as they can offer we got their help <laughs> yep yeah i hadn't um i hadn't watched this episode in a while mm. um and when i think you and i had met to say you know we're going to talk about ceasefire so obviously watch it yeah and i was like what happens in that episode again and i you know i went back and i watched it and um i was actually getting it mixed up with shadows of pajem from last season right right um, the sequel to andorian incident right so this yeah. is jeffrey combs third appearance i think right as i believe so yeah um but what i love about this one is i there's so much but again this goes back to what i was saying is that this is one of those plots that's very specific to enterprise and this mm this is a through line into that concept that we were sold that this is going to be a show about the beginnings or the birth of the Federation. Mm -hmm. So um, just on that, I liked it, but also I don't know if I'm supposed to like or hate ambassador Saval. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. He's actually kind of put in his place. Like, yeah, he may have all the experience with diplomacy. Yeah. And he doesn't like that. Archer's there, but Archer knows better because, you know, the Vulcans may have more experience with the Andorians, but Archer knows Shran. That's true. That's very so, true. Um, yeah, I just, I really, it was good to see Saval kind of like, you know, somewhat put in his place in this yeah. episode. Yeah. And I think because the Vulcans are held as such a, uh, for lack of a better term, holier than thou yeah. types, you know, uh, species or uh, race, uh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, humanity in this series is very much the bumbling stumbling uh you know we're just we're we're just learning to crawl out here right. in the stars yep. um but it is kind of neat to see that this higher evolved highly intelligent technologically advanced they don't have all the answers either and that's right. that's really great to see how do you feel about uh and this kind of goes to where this show landed in our actual timeline of starting and i'm sure you guys have probably uh may have addressed this on your show that yep. this show started less than two weeks after 9 11 yep and i wonder if any of that stuff was uh you know the stuff that was in the news ended up yep. seeping into the writing at all of mm -hmm. mistrust of mistrust of people and yep. wanting to 
be gung ho to get out there and do the thing because we're yeah. earth, you know, as opposed exactly. to we're America. Like that yeah. was one, that was an issue that was brought up on the red shirts podcast of like so yeah. much of this series of this series, specifically enterprise right. Right. feels very, very American. Um, it's, it's interesting because I, I do remember that. I do remember that the series premiered, you know, a few weeks after nine, after nine 11. And I think I had seen something where they were maybe like on the, it's it was the episode civilization i think that they were filming at the time i, I forget i think mm-hmm. it's like episode five six i can't recall mm-hmm. um but i think that i think you're right and i think w- for me where it's most obvious is that episode uh not this one but it's one in that same in the first season though called uh detained yes. when they're in that suliban and i mean Suliban, Suliban, Taliban, I've always wondered. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. you're um, not far off. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was the idea that we are introduced to the Suliban as being the bad guys. Mm, but what mm-hmm. that episode shows us is that, no, we're not all like this. Yeah. And it changes, you know, Archer's perspective, at least in that moment. I mean, I don't think that really comes up again. Um, yeah. I wish it had. But to me, that's where I feel like 9 11 really kind of. Um, seeped in i mean i think i'm sure people know what i mean when i when i'm talking about that but um that to me was where it felt the most um where the show felt like it was being really affected by what was going on out there yeah yeah absolutely i mean it changed you know at the risk of saying something that's always been said about 9-11 is uh, it really did change a lot it was it happened during my senior year high school uh which you know do the math you'll figure out how old i am but Mm -hmm. like um I remember I, I distinctly remember going from physics to art class and a buddy of mine meeting me in the hall and go, Hey, did you hear plane hit the yeah. world trade center? I right. thought he was kidding. Or I thought he was, right. he misheard, you know, right. But I, I played football and a bunch of the guys I played ball with their, their post high school plans changed that day. A lot of them, mm. a lot of them signed up army yep. Marine yep. Corps, whatever it was, they yep. wanted boots on the ground. And I was, dangerously close to being one of those guys yeah uh but but yeah yeah, it 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 really did change a lot and i feel like because star trek like all good sci-fi is a a mirror of who we are as a people and maybe even a cautionary tale of like hey this is going on right now we we really need to be careful and do this correctly right um i wonder i wonder how much of that made it into the writing you know and with episodes like this i think of yeah. uh you know friends of mine who were boots on the ground and in, in uh overseas and you know dealing with situations Hello. maybe not exactly like this but um you know dealing with stuff like this I, ca- I can't imagine um any more thoughts about this episode before we get into the stats well again you know to kind of reiterate i mean it's 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 definitely uh you know an important episode in the sort of arc of the series of getting yeah. to the birth of the Federation. But I think for me, it also kind of solidified how much I enjoy Jeffrey Combs playing Shran and Shran and Archer's relationship. Yeah. Um, And I was really hoping because I I remember reading stuff about how like had the show come back for a fifth season, Mm -hmm. Shran would have been on that ship full time. Sweet. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. So, you know, there was that, you know, we had been talking on our podcast in the early days for discovery, you know, you, you kind of, it's, you know, you have much alluded to when you said, you know, that show was what a hundred years later. Mm-hmm. And we were like, can Tran still be alive? Could we maybe see him on discovery? 
That's, you know? that's a good question. That's yeah. a really good question. Here, Because uh, one of the questions that I've put, well, first of all, let me just say, uh, yes, all the love in the world to Jeffrey Combs. I love, 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 love that they brought him back in yeah. Lower Decks. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and such a Perfect, great, yeah. such a great comedic turn because he's played right. a particular type of character up until his appearance on Lower Decks. And I love right. what they've done what they gave him to play with in, in yeah. lower decks. Um, but yeah, the, uh, oh, I had a thought now it's gone. Must not have been important anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good sort of star Trek episode in that it presents sort of, uh, humans as overcoming something that seems like that seems way beyond something that they can do. Yes. In this case, Archer being a diplomat, he's got no experience doing it. Yeah. It's only based on what he's met of Shran so far. And he yeah. clearly, you know, overcomes it. And you begin to see, because I think they say like in the canon at some point that he does become the Federation's first president. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of, if you backtrack it, it kind of, uh, it kind of makes sense. Mm. But I like that. I liked the idea that Archer was kind of making friends with people, not just by like, you know, having a diplomatic first meeting with them. Yeah. He was in the trenches. He they was were, in the trenches, but he's got like a friendly, like, it's almost like, oh, I've got a contact in the Andorian Imperial Guard someplace. Like, we don't have to deal with the government. I, I you know, I know somebody. I know a guy. It's, yeah. like, it's very, <laughs> there's a very kind of like back channels way about it. And it's a very, I love the whole kind of love hate. I don't know if I'd call it a love hate relationship, but like they like each other, but they also, they're willing to like, mm -hmm. they'll insult each other. They'll, you know, yeah. So I think it was. And I think you can see how much Scott Bakula and Jeffrey Coombs enjoy working together. Oh, I think yeah. it comes through. I think it kind of transcends the relationship with the two of them. So um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I he's uh, Jeffrey again. I, I like Wayun fine. Yeah. I found Wayun to be very slimy as he was, you know, <laughs> supposed to be. Right. But I think that Shran was in my opinion was his was his best character that he played yeah when, when he squints his eyes and he just has that just through talking through his teeth just like oh yeah, man yeah. yeah just yeah woo, yeah he's awesome yeah i i wonder what the lifespan of an andorian is and if that could be worked in that he could make it make an appearance as shran on strange new worlds oh, if I that would. was even feasible i know because so and that. i re i remembered what i've forgotten earlier was um there was talk uh on this on on this show here to paul because the vulcans live quite a long time um yep. it would be really really cool i mean mm -hmm. good good luck convincing jolene bladlock to oh i know to put on the yeah. ears again however how awesome would that be to have to have her make an appearance even if it was just briefly oh god you know my... just something oh it, during the so during the first season of Discovery, yeah, my co-host Ethan was like desperately wanting to Paul to appear on that show. Mm. Like he got to the point where he was like trying to, he was like going to her Twitter profile, hoping that there would be some sort of like ambiguous tweet that she's like, "Oh, I'm going to the set to start filming." Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I'm like, dude, I don't think she's going to appear. I'm sorry to tell no. you, like, I, I don't think she's going to. I mean, yes, she's yeah. probably still alive. Oh yeah, yeah, almost but certainly. I, I, I think I think it's because when you go back and watch all of the you know sans the original series of course when you watch all of the pilots of the '90s Trek, mm -hmm. you usually have a cat you have a cast member from the previous one appearing. Of course. So in the pilot, so it would it, it would it stood to reason that who we so okay so we're gonna maybe see somebody from Enterprise in the first episode of Discovery. You know, it turns out it was <laughs> Sarek, but we were like, well, 
So Paul seems like the most logical choice because, I mean, maybe Archer could be very, like, decrepit, as sure. McCoy was in the first episode of Next Gen, but yeah. I could see Archer doing Strange New Worlds. It just would make, to me, it would make more sense because it's the Enterprise, right? Right. But, um, yeah, he was, he's very, he's very hopeful. And I'm like, I'm like, I could see it maybe on Lower Decks. Yeah. Them doing something, you know? Yeah, that so, would be cool. Yeah. I mean, knowing that it's been, like, knowing that it was it had to be like pulling teeth to get her to agree to a to oh, a yeah. to a convention appearance like yeah. back in 2014 i think yep like hey we're all getting together can you can you just well, <laughs> if you if you i don't know if you own the blu-rays if you watch this in the first season blu-ray of enterprise there's a okay. whole panel with the cast brandon braga's talking to the entire and jolene blaylock is there oh wow and i think the one of the when they initially when they begin discuss conversing mm-hmm one of the first things he says is he looks Jolene Blaylock right in the face and he says, you don't do these very often. Ah, <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't. And, so, and you know, you never see her at Star Trek panels you, or um, like Star Trek day panels, nothing. Right. I'm, I'm curious, but um, I mean, if she doesn't want to, that's, that's fine. But I just, I, I get it. Like yeah. why are we see, we're seeing everybody, but stop being the William Shatner of this group and just show up with the rest of your, uh, <laughs> you know, of, your of your cast. Right. Please. Yeah. So. <laughs> And look, you know, the yeah. treatment of T'Pol, we've we've discussed this at length on this show of the treatment of T'Pol is not good at best, right. uh, you know, be it uh, racist or sexist or otherwise. Um, but, I, you know, everything we've seen from behind the scenes looked like it was a pretty fun set to be on. Right. And, right. you know, can you put on the ears for one day? Well, can you I just... <laughs> Can you just I throw the fans they, a bone, please. <laughs> I remember when we first saw her way back when, mm. and just seeing what she had to wear. I'm like, okay, they're clearly trying to continue this seven of nine. Sure, look, right? I, I get yeah. it. But um, yeah, but I, I liked that they had. I, I liked the. I liked the reason why that character was there. It yeah. made sense in the context of the show. Um, but I yeah, I I would love to see her again on. Again, strange. I'm not. I mean, we can't see it on see them on Discovery now, right? But, um, if you know, if we could see them on Strange New Worlds at some point, it um, would be great. Even it if would be, it would be cool. Even if uh, you know Connor Trenier comes back in old in old makeup, just like right. uh, just like Bones did in that uh, encounter at Farpoint, making right. that first appearance. <laughs> I, I mean, I had read. I don't. I don't. I don't doubt. I don't read the 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 Trek literature because I know it's not canon. But they do right. do some stuff. But I don't. I don't read. You know any of the books or anything like that. But I had seen someplace. I think on. I think I was looking on like Memory Beta, which is as I'm sure you know, it's the the wiki for Trek literature that that Archer was there when the Enterprise that Pike commanded yeah. was launched. Of course, back then it was Captain April, and it said something like. You know, he. I think like he had died the following day after that ship was was launched. Oh wow! I'm like, okay, that's cool, but this is the show, so we can do something different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, even then, like I, I kept saying to, I was saying to some friends of mine, like, you know, he doesn't have to actually be alive. I mean, we could see a holographic recording of him. We could see, you know, just tell. I want to know what happened to that crew after. Yeah. You know, after the events of the show. Yeah, I mean, so, with Star Trek being so focused on history like right. it relies very heavily on the element of history either drawing right. from true earth history mm -hmm. and then the mythology that they have created since the 60s you know right. it's all very important and connects you know and the hell there's college there's college level courses 
you know, right. about this type of stuff. And like people take this, I've, I've got the Klingon dictionary right here. <laughs> like they, you know, they, it's very important. So I think I would really like to see it, even if it's just in a yeah. passing comment of like, oh, well, I heard he retired to Florida or something, right. you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. when Discovery went into the mirror universe in the first season, mm. And yeah. they made mention of the Defiant and then all of the events of uh-huh. in Amiridakli. I was like, I was not expecting that at all. And I was I was so happy to hear that. And I was like, are we actually going to see the Defiant? Are we going to find out what happened? Did Hoshi still, did she become the emperor of the Terran Empire? Like, are you going to tell us that? They didn't, but clearly they had the events of that episode in mind. So, because um, you know, according to haters, they don't care about Star Trek. So why would they? And they don't know anything about Star Trek. So why would you know? Of course, of course. I I like to I like to think that Empress Giorgio is a descendant yeah. of Hoshi. That's that's kind I, of my it's kind of the my own head canon. I wondered that. <laughs> I did I did have the same thought myself. I, I you know I think it would have been just as a throwaway line. I mean I know they're from they're from different. Um, you know I think she's supposed to, Hoshi's Japan uh, Korean I believe right or Japanese I believe I so yes yeah. I believe she and, is um, so yeah. it's but even even so like just some throwaway line I think would have been to your right. point would have been nice yeah just to yeah. kind of just to kind of see the connection between the the two shows so yeah I've been yeah. uh I've been quietly campaigning to uh to be cast as uh Captain Robert April on something I don't know what. <laughs> well, you know, mostly, and that's, mostly because I want to show up on a set and give Anson Mount a big hug and be like, "Ah, Chris, how you doing?" Ah. <laughs> I mean, I would. That's the and see, and I've I mentioned I've mentioned that too. Like again, you know, back on the Pike thing, mm-hmm. there's still some years of Enterprise history even before that, even before oh, yeah. Pike. And so I kind of I I think I like half jokingly said one time, like, you know, is April going to appear on Strange New Worlds as like a admiral or some uh, i forget what he is because i know we see him on the animated series mm-hmm. and we're going to like him so much that we campaign for a robert april series and then exactly. finally get and finally yeah. get that so because i think i think someplace it's mentioned that pike was his first officer i believe so yeah so if that's true then there's there's no reason why we can't we've never seen him in live action before i mean i think discovery is the first one yeah to actually make reference of him in live action yeah Right. Uh, I know that there's been fan productions and some of them are actually pretty decent, you know, featuring Captain Robert April. Uh, yeah. And that's and that's and that's good, but it uh, doesn't really count. So right. <laughs> I don't want to see something a little more. It, it, it would be it would be fun, even if it was just for, you know, a two episode arc of like uh, we got to we got to take Admiral April to, you know, yep. to Vulcan for a conference or whatever it is. Right. And uh, he shows up and you see like he's more he's more uh, <laughs> he's more of a pirate than a, than a yeah. captain. You kind of see where Kirk gets some of his some right. of his tendencies because maybe Captain April, you know, led some uh, classes at the academy and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I think that yeah. would be fun. I do. I, yeah, yeah. I do prefer and maybe it's because Bruce Greenwood voiced Batman a couple times that mm-hmm. I'm like, I think if I have to choose a pike. I might go Bruce Greenwood again and again because I love because I love that uh that father son relationship in the Kelvin timeline between Kirk and Pike. Yeah, and I like that too. Yeah, yeah, it hits a lot harder. Anyways, we, uh, so getting back to this, let's get into the stats. Uh, we ask every week, who do we blame? 
So this episode was written by Chris Black. Uh, the last thing he wrote was season two, episode nine, Singularity, which we covered in episode 30 with our good friend, Mr. Bill Benton. This episode was directed by David Strayton. His last episode was season two, episode 10, the very next episode, Vanishing Point, which we covered on episode 31 with Mr. Gary Horn. And the guest stars, we've already mentioned a few of them here today. Uh, Vaughn Armstrong appearing again as Admiral Forrest, Gary Graham coming back as a, at Ambassadors of All, and of course, the wonderful Jeffrey Combs again as Commander Schramm. But the person to really pay attention to here is Susie Plaxon as Tara who I already mentioned, love to hate. She's a fantastic actress. And this is not actually her first, it is her first appearance in the franchise, but it is not her first appearance on Star Trek. So um, her career started uh, with a few smaller things, uh, some smaller film roles and TV work. Uh, notably, My Stepmother is an Alien in 1988. She was also on the series Beauty and the Beast that had uh, Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman, if you recall. <laughs> I do. Uh, she appeared in an episode called In the Forests of the Night. Uh, she appeared as a character named Susan. That was season three, episode nine in 1990. And then uh, she appeared as two different characters on Star Trek Next Generation. First off in The Schizoid Man, at season two, episode six, she appeared as Lieutenant Salar, MD. And then in The Emissary and Reunion, that's season two, episode 10, and season four, episode seven, respectively, she appears as Kalir. Uh, the latter of those episodes was directed by Jonathan Frakes, and she plays essentially, uh, to encapsulate, it's uh, Worf's baby mama. And who is half is half human, uh, but what a fantastic character! I recently rewatched Reunion, and man, just kills it. Like she's so magnetic, and here yep. as Tara, like wow, just I mean, yep. of course, buried in makeup and you know the prosthetics yep. and the wig and the antenna and everything. But boy, when she when she speaks man, I'm just locked on every word. She She's so magnetic. I guess that's yep. one of those when uh, they talk in Hollywood about somebody has it or the it factor, like she has it. Yes, she does. <laughs> and she is yep. absolutely wonderful. Uh, Kevin, do you have any final thoughts about this episode or about Star Trek Enterprise in general? Um, one thing you did not address uh, which has been addressed by every guest on this episode on oh. on this show so far, and I will ask okay. you directly thoughts on the theme song. Oh, I almost I actually almost went there. Okay, uh, <laughs> but I just but I decided not to. Um, okay, so I understand why it was done at the time. I I, I get that because they needed to to you know separate it from from the other shows. So I understand that. Uh -huh. But I just thought it was a it was it was too much of a uh, of a uh, departure from the uh, from the other shows. Yeah, I remember when I first heard it. I'm like, what is this? Okay, and then <laughs> the following week, I remember people on the BB Trek BBS were like, oh, maybe it was just for the first episode, and then that was so it would make sense. And then it just you know, no, it was not going away. You just um, kept it up, yeah. So I, I I I get again. I understand why they did it, but I'm not. I I I was not a fan of it and and i hated it even more when they upped the tempo in the in the uh in the third season yeah so um i definitely like the visuals that we saw i yeah the visuals i get it. it's actually that's actually perfect um yeah. 
yeah uh, in terms of the song it does it, it it'll it'll seep into your subconscious if you let it <laughs> well i mean i feel like at the time i was okay with it mm-hmm. and I, but i think i was just more caught up in the whole yeah it's different it's kind of cool but after some time with it i just was like i think they, this needs to this needs to go and during star trek day this year when they were playing all of the different themes oh yeah i was like oh god i hope they come out and play that song but they play archer's theme has sort of become the the theme right. of the show now exactly and i'm like man if that orchestra begins playing that song i'm gonna i'll be very happy in a sense because it just I can't, I can't imagine there was, there had to be a discussion amongst the, uh, amongst the musicians of like, Hey, we're going to get to this one part where we're going to start playing stuff from enterprise. Um, are they going to throw stuff at us? (laughs) Well, you know, if you, I I think when, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it kind of speaks to the, the, the concept of the show. Right. So again, I understand, but, um, I just, I, I think at that point it was just, it was too much of a uh, of a uh, departure. I love the one they did for the Mirror Universe episodes. Oh, I forgot they did something different yeah. for those. Oh, yeah. fun! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, about that. Which I thought was a real like a direct jab at at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I it's I mean no I, I it's I'm not a I have not listened to that song. I didn't listen to it watching this episode, of course, and I just I went right I went right over it. So um, skip intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's even made worse by the fact that if you buy the soundtrack to the show, they give you the extended, uh-huh. they give you the full song <laughs> of the uh, of it. But uh, it's from like what is it? I think it's isn't it from like Patch Adams or something like that. Isn't that where the song came from? Uh, I know it's a Rod Stewart song, but the yeah. the singer the singer is British because that was definitely mentioned when I was on Red Shirts. Russell and, Watson. Uh, Russell, Russell Watson. Watson yeah. He sounds like Rod Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah. uh congratulations. Uh th- this is 38 episodes. Everyone hates it. <laughs> Star Trek yeah. Enterprise yeah. theme song, Faith of the Heart is 0 and 38 on this computer. Yeah. I I when you asked me, I when I was talking about my initial thoughts on the show, it it did come up in my head. Should I mention the theme song? And I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna play it safe and not go there. But uh <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, next week from the Penske file, we will be joined by Mr. Wes Teasdale for Enterprise Season 2, Episode 16, Future Tense, which is available on Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount Plus. Kevin. Kate, Evie. What do you have that people can follow? Tell us about In Trek We Trust and uh, where mm-hmm. people can find that. So I believe we are on all major podcast providers. Um, so we recently got on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, so you can, Stitcher, you can find us. Just search for us and you'll find us in Star Trek We Trust. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we just passed our 100th episode. So I'm, you know, we're very happy about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where we are with that. That's, you can find us on most major podcasts. Platforms. There's so many of them now. I don't even. They're like, are you on this one? I'm like, I don't know. I think so, but There's I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and uh, and where can people bother you directly online? Uh, me directly? Uh, well, um, I do a lot of uh, Twitch streaming. So, yeah. uh, you know, a little about me. I'm a. I play video games a lot. So, um, I am on Twitch. My username is Asking Satan. Nice. 
Um, so you can follow. I'm trying to sort of build a following, but um, I don't ultimately know what I'm trying. What I'm. What I'm. I just a little bit of a following, but nothing like nothing here. I don't want to become like a huge Twitch streamer or anything like that. But right. What's um, uh, regu- the regular games you play? Uh, so I play Final Fantasy 14 online. Um, I play Red Dead Redemption online. Um, some friends and I recently got into playing Dead by Daylight, which is a lot of fun. Nice. So, um, and then offline, like I'm, you know, I'm just playing that. Like, I just picked up Metroid Dread the other day for the Switch, so I'm gonna probably be playing that pretty soon. Interesting. So, um, very cool. Yes, I mean, I'm yeah, I love, I just love playing video games. So, and I, I recently purchased. Uh, they just re-released. Um, the a few star trek games online so star trek voyager elite force uh, nice which i begun playing again and um it's like one of the few good star trek games that actually exist nice yeah Yeah. it's it seems like star trek along with the batman franchise they didn't really get there were games but they weren't really good until like for batman they weren't really good until arkham asylum um and i feel like star trek may have suffered from the same Uh, fate uh, in terms of the video game stuff but one of the things I do for Cinema Shock is we do a little segment uh, called Who Am I Trekking With and it's basically everybody that's in the cast of the movie that we're talking about I see who's who did a Star Trek episode or Star Trek something yeah yeah and uh, we recently the last episode the the episode we recorded yesterday um, as of this recording uh, was covering the Animatrix and I went through the entire cast to see who had done what. And one of the guys commented after I had gotten through my page and a half (laughs) covering of everything Mm -hmm. said more than anything, I've learned there were a butt ton of Star Trek video games. (laughs) It was like, yeah, Yeah. there was a lot of them, especially like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. 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 There were some. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I had some of them, but uh, no, they were not very, they were not very good. Yeah. Yeah. I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in Ted Forward. subspace transmissions to computer resume podcast at gmail.com or at computer resume on facebook twitter and instagram the computer resume podcast was created and produced by mr todd a davis our logo was designed by will martin and justin bishop the opening theme was produced by justin bishop our outro music was provided with permission by drone node additional music was provided by mr todd a davis and gary horn and i'm cat davis at that.darn.cat with a k on Instagram, the Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a Slice of Fried Gold?